We're going to meet a prodigy author on this episode of the Mind Dog TV podcast. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guests and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact checking and corrections are encouraged. This episode is brought to you by Funwise Capital. Funwise Capital is a business lender matching platform. Avoid the mystery of one-sided deals and connect with Funwise to get the very best funding you can qualify for fast. You can apply online in 60 seconds or less and there's no effect to your credit to see how much you can get. It's easy. Use the funding for anything you need to start or grow your business. You did hear me correctly. I did say start or grow your business. If you don't have a business yet, but you got a solid business plan, they can help you get funding. Get the best funding you can qualify for. Their strategic lender matching platform searches through hundreds of lenders to find the very best possible option for your unique situation. They have hundreds of five-star reviews on Google, Trustpilot, and Facebook, and an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They provide unsecured lines of credit at 0% interest for 9 to 15 months. Unsecured term loans, loans based on income, short-term gap funding, and bridge loans. They work with real estate, startups like I already mentioned, franchises, restaurants, any kind of business, any kind of project. To get started, it's really easy. Just go to apply.funwise.com slash minddog. That's apply.funwise.com slash minddog. Get money for your business now. Apply.funwise.com slash minddog. And welcome, my friends, to yet another episode of the Mind Dog TV podcast. I'm Matt Napo. Thanks for coming. It's great to have you here, as always. I have a very um, young guest with me tonight who is an author of many, many books. And it's hard to believe that she could be an author of so many books at such a young age because she's got to be pumping them out like... I don't know, once a week, once a week, once a month, something like that for the number of books and her very young age. Uh, So get this, folks. Uh, Her latest book is a dystopian novel. Yes. And I'm talking about a, I believe she's 14 years old, a 14-year-old author with a dystopian novel. Uh, I have talked to um, leaders and celebrities and and politicians and generals and people from all walks of life never been quite so nervous about having a conversation on the air as i am with somebody who's probably younger than the shirt i'm wearing tonight. <laughs> anyway shante hershenson's first two novel novellas were published when she was uh, in the sixth grade although her writing journey started long before then let's face it folks there was couldn't have started long before then because long before then she wasn't wasn't even born ever since uh she could hold a pencil a marker or a crayon she w- was creating stories they started from pictures uh mere scribbles and eventually turned into captivating tales she writes in a variety of genres including science fiction fantasy and historical fiction although she mostly sticks to sci-fi her latest book is called the god the god's right hand and it, it as i mentioned a dystopian novel ladies and gentlemen please Please open your ears. Let <laughs> me welcome in Shanti Hershenson. Hi, Shanti, thank you. So, thank you so much for having me. Well, it's my pleasure to have you. Now, um, it's not past your bedtime, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh, in your <laughs> in your bio. I said long before sixth grade. Uh, that's really impossible because I mean six years of school. Uh, where? How? Where? How? Why? what were your parents a writers they are not um I usually pinpoint like what I'm kind of started writing or just when I kind of first was interested in it to a moment in like first grade I thought where I just decided I wanted to write a book and I got all the materials and wrote this very bad picture book I'm not actually sure how many words there were probably not many and I called it the cat and the love because those were the only words um, I knew how to spell. And I still have it somewhere. It's very interesting. But like then from then on, I was like, I want to write a book. But I thought it was something I was going to do when I was like old. 
Um, it's very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so, uh, are you you're still in school? Yeah. <laughs> well, and you're 14, right? I do have that correct. Yes. Four, 14. So, um, what's the point of still going to school? <laughs> I mean, seriously, you have your career laid out, don't you? Uh, you're already, how many novels have you written? Um, so I've written 16 books. The majority of them are novels, but I have a few like novellas that are around like 100 pages. But I think it's like, is it 10 novels and like six novellas? Something crazy like that. Okay. Now, in school, are you a straight A student? Sort of. Sometimes, like, I'll be so into writing that I'll forget to turn in, assi- in an assignment, and then I'll have to go and turn it in and then go back to writing. But I still write, like, every single day. But, yeah, I do think I'm a really good student. Wow. Uh, do you have friends your age? Of course, yeah. You do? Yeah. I, I, I think it would be really hard to maintain friendships of people your age because either they don't understand you. They Certainly, I mean, I'm trying to figure out what I was doing at 14. Now, I, I guess I was I was pretty adult at 14, but I've, I kind of ran away from home. But I, I'm just trying to figure out, I mean, what their mindset is because they're not they're not authors. They're not even working their first job yet. And some of them are probably going to end up flipping burgers in a few years. Uh, and you're going to be, you know, best-selling author. I, I mean, so how do, how do you even have common ground for a relationship with some of the friends of your age? So a lot of my friends, it's like we have things in common. Like we all like the same TV shows. Or we all like the same things. Um, some of my friends want to write. However, actually, <coughs> sorry, uh, a lot of my friends um, are mostly like I have a lot of online friends. And I run this community on Discord, actually. And it's a bunch of teenagers trying to write novels. And, you know, I've give tips and stuff and we also just talk about books and just everything and that's definitely where so many of my friends come from all right you got to get a glass of water for that smoker's coffee you got uh, and and lay off the marlboros okay uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh that that's interesting now you're you're the counter to what most people or you know old people curmudgeons uh younger generation uh, a bunch of lazy uh they just wanted handed to them uh congratulations on just you know being a star pupil and a really a great role model for even old folks like me uh, thank you uh, now a dystopian novel that's dark for a kid um where does that come from because is it and you said watching watching television? Uh, I think probably the news is probably a bad influence on, on youth, and I would suggest staying away from it. But where does dystopian uh, novel come from at fourteen years old? Are you are you concerned about the world? I gotta tell you, I don't really know. Um, it's kind of like <laughs> I like this idea of like a dystopian society where maybe they think things are perfect, maybe things aren't. It's kind of like. Just, I think as teenagers, you know, we love to like rebel from adults and there's that whole teenage rebellion thing. And I think dystopian literature very commonly, especially when it has teen characters in it, is kind of just teen rebellion, but with a very, very high stakes. So all, a lot of the, all my dystopian books have some sort of element of, oh my gosh, oh my goodness, the teens are going to rebel from adults. And that is very much what I think young adult dystopian especially is about. Okay. Now, this book is set in not too distant future, 2026, and you basically have the United States. I'm guessing it's the United States of America, but not the United. It's kind of divided states of America between East and West instead of North and South. Uh, Do I have that correct? Yes. Okay. And uh, how, how did that happen? Uh, I mean, I don't want you to give away the whole book or, or, or anything, but I, I, some <laughs> of these details are kind of interesting. So the idea is, and the reader doesn't really know it yet. The U.S. split. They could not agree and just people could not agree, which is kind of, I feel like, a common theme now is that we can't agree. And what happened was they split. And following that split, there were there's just so much tension that they started the Civil War. But here's the problem. You know, because it was once one country, they're not going to be so quick to just keep bombing each other. And there's another element, too, that I want to bring up is that Following the split, the U.S. was very, very unbalanced. And as such, there is a 14-year-old general on one side. A lot of the characters are very interesting. And a lot of it is kind of losing just the morals of our country and becoming a dystopian society. So it's like, 
I don't even know if America is even a dystopian society at this point. It's going to get a lot worse for these characters, I think. Wow. Uh, and again, it just seems to be very dark uh, for for a kid to be. And I'm sorry if I don't. I probably shouldn't call you a kid. A young lady to be uh, kind of uh, having these concerns or, or writing about this stuff. And and I gotta wonder. Do you feel like you? Uh, this I know this is right out of left field. Do you feel like you're an old soul or or, or reincarnated from a, a a a past great author or something? Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I do. I got to admit, because <laughs> I'll look at my old writing from like elementary school, and I'll see there are a lot of elements of real books. I just used to literally um, make books where I would get the paper and I would kind of just literally write, and I would bind it together. I still have some of them somewhere. And there's a dedication. Sometimes there's a copyright page. There's always an about the author page. And the, on the back, there's always other books by the author. I think part of that was I was a very observant kid. So I kind of was like saw, you know, a regular children's book and kind of copied those elements onto a new paper a little right. and created my own story. Well, and you mentioned, you know, why, liking the same television shows as different way because where do you find time for television and, and kid things <laughs> I, because uh, I know I've been trying to write a book for two years, for two years working on one book, and now it's not fiction. It, and you would think nonfiction would be easier to write than fiction because you don't have to use your imagination so much; you're just telling the truth. But making it interesting and 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 uh, format is is a bit of my challenge. But two years for one book, you how how long are you working on books for? If you have fifteen publications. <laughs> so I have 10 published books actually right now. So that's okay. a little, but yeah, I have 15, com- not 15. It's actually 16. Now I keep forgetting. I have 16 completed books. Usually I just, I write and I write a thousand words every single day. And usually I'll complete, I'll have a first draft completed in like one to three months. Um, and during the day I try to write is just, as soon as I get home from school, I just sit down and I write and I take a break. But then once I'm officially done writing, I'll be like, okay, kind of get a reward so i'll go watch tv and i'll have like sugar and then i'll kind of be a normal kid but like the writing comes first if that makes any sense yeah yeah very very <laughs> cool well it's discipline uh and you don't see that now uh were you were your parents really strict uh, and and kind of uh keep you in line and, and, and with your upbringing to create that kind of discipline not really i've kind of just developed it on my own like i'd say you know my parents I don't want to call them – they're not exactly strict. They're not like, oh, you can go do whatever you want, but they're kind of in the middle. Right. Uh, so where would you say your style comes from? Because uh, I, <laughs> I did read the first chapter in your blog on your website uh, for people who are interested. They can get a sneak preview of this book and read the first chapter. Uh, very compelling. Every line that you write definitely makes you want to read the next line and keep going. Uh, where did that come from? Who who were your influences and where did you learn your your uh, literary style from? So I think the biggest way I learned, especially this was, I can kind of pinpoint it back to like in sixth grade, I would just read a ton. But then I would start to kind of see like, what did the authors do that made me want to keep reading? And I would analyze their writing style and try to like copy like how they wrote in a sense and like what they did and like what I liked about it. And that's like probably the best way I've improved my writing style other than like just repeat practice and just keep kind of repeating it and keep going. Um, especially like kind of the progress from my first novel, just actually from my, from the beginning of my first novel to the end of it was insane. And I think that's kind of how I developed my style. But before I really had a concrete style, I was going and I was reading and I was trying to see what those authors did that I enjoyed. Interesting. Now, uh, before I, I go any further, the title of the book, The, the God's uh, First uh, Right Hand. Now, uh, what, the significance of that, now, it's not God's right hand, it's the God's right hand. So, Meaning, uh, A, one single, I'm trying to, is it like a, a monothe- monotheistic uh, a God or is it God's plural? Um, it is um, one character... <laughs> The kind of I'm, I'm trying not to spoil it. The main character's name is named after um, an ancient god, and the reference behind that is that there is a scene where she like you know says her name, and the character's like you're named after a god, and she's like I'm not one. But the kind of powers the characters have make her seem very godly, 
and gotcha. the powers resonate in her right hand. Uh, all right, I don't want you to give away the book. I think that's part of the challenge with interviewing oh, yeah. authors is uh, they, they want to talk too much about their book, and I almost always have to stop them from giving the ending away. You don't want to take away the pe- people's reason yeah. for reading the book. Uh, the, the term right hand, though, uh, generally... We think of right-hand man. I'm just trying to to get a a reference on this. And if you understand the meaning, do you understand the the, the whole, because the right-hand man was not the person that you, uh, you trusted the most because if most people, dictators or kings or emperors, if they're uh, right-handed, it's hard to stab the right-hand person in the heart. But if you, with your right hand, you can stab the person on your left. that so it's the most trusted person by yeah okay. and there's a little like kind of <laughs> meaning behind that in there but i can't spoil it <laughs> very uh i, I can't impress is not the word uh I, i'm stunned i am actually stunned and 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 i thought you know i interviewed a 17 year old who was a college graduate who was a marine biologist and that that was a super impressive interview for me but i i'm i don't even know where to go here with you so um the the character the main characters and and, and the way you've developed this thing talk to me a little bit about um and it's, i'm sure it's evolved over the <laughs> seven years have you've been writing whatever but your actual process for writing and, and character development do you sit down and make notes or, or uh think about the whole story before you start to write it or uh does it just evolve from are you a pantser or or uh or the kind of plotter i'm in the middle but i definitely think i'm a pantser um for starters i will s- just start with an idea Usually it's about one paragraph or less, even maybe a sentence. And what I'll do is I'll figure out, okay, what's what's the main character? What do they look like? And then as I'm writing, I'll try to sprinkle in things that make them seem more real and kind of like the development around them. And I'll let the story shape them. And that's how I've had some characters go from being really, really innocent and sweet characters to being like the most disturbed characters you can imagine. They're like really tough. Um, I saw that a lot with... Biome Lock, which is another one of my novels. This was the first novel I ever wrote. And for context, the original version of it is really, really long. Now it's a trilogy, and now there's actually a fourth book, but um, only the first book's published. And I mean, it was 800 pages long. Wow, that's a thick <laughs> book. I wrote this when I was 12, so it's like the first one. <laughs> okay. And yeah, that's where like there was the most character development. Wow. So now when you wrote the book, now do you, do you send it off to an editor or do you have an editor who works with, I mean, where, how did you get that professional relationship and find an editor you could trust at 12 years old? Or So old I have um, a writing coach who's a mentor and edits my books for me like once, you know, I'm done because often I find there are a lot of plot holes, especially in first drafts. So I have someone go through with me, make sure there are no plot holes and no grammatical errors. So very often, um, actually there are not as many grammatical errors as you think i'm kind of the person who will go back and just start fixing things like any chance i get so generally my first drafts are pretty clean but um usually that's after i go through and fix all of the changes that my um like grammarly suggests because when i write really fast there are a lot more errors but when i write kind of slowly and carefully it's more kind of put together and cleaner yeah, yeah. So uh, the idea of getting a mentorship, your parents recommended that to you or where did that, co- where did that come from? So it kind of happened about, I'd say maybe I was, I don't think I was halfway through Biomlock. I was like, well, I didn't know how long it was going to be at that point, but I was just going getting to the good stuff in the story. And I was starting to think of publishing and I had absolutely no idea for what I was going to do. And I had no idea how to do any of this. I was I felt completely lost. And I felt like I really couldn't continue the story. And I started to think my writing was really bad. So I asked my parents and they found me a person. And it's been great ever since. So. <laughs> uh, I love it. A, a, a 12-year-old doubting their, their own success. <laughs> yeah. When, you, when you've already accomplished more than your grandpa- grandparents' age. So, uh I get. I guess imposter imposter syndrome can affect you at any age, but that you know, and, and rather than being full of yourself and just an egomaniac, you're still very humble. Again, impressed is not enough, not strong enough a word. So, uh, 
so you work with with this editor now you uh got published was it self-published your first book or are, are you still self-publishing or are you going to uh like a, are you signed to a traditional publishing house so right now i'm self-published however like i'd say maybe <clears throat> once i'm 16 i'm gonna try to go and i'm gonna take whatever my um current like finished manuscript is that I really like. I'm going to present it to an agent and try to get um, traditionally published. Cause right now I think it's all about building like this proper platform that then I can go on and say like, look, I have all this work done. I have all these followers. I have all these interviews and then it'll be more easier to get traditionally published. And cause like, I don't want to lose full creative freedom yet. Like I just like, you know, writing and releasing books, but then at some point I am going to, um, get traditionally published i hope well i i don't want to uh because you obviously i think you're smarter than i am so i'm not gonna argue with you but uh i'm just gonna give you my sense of this is that if you're already having some success as a self-published author there is really no benefit no upside to having a publishing house behind you because all they're gonna you're still gonna have to do the marketing you're still gonna have to do podcast interviews you're still gonna have to do all the publicity yourself all all they're gonna do is take a a chunk of the money and say you're welcome (laughs) that's kind of my thinking about it like too like you know i can probably get really really successful doing this i don't even know if i'll need a publisher in like two years right uh, so uh, it's it's so mind-boggling to think of in terms of this. Are, are you is writing? You're going to be your life. Or, yeah, obviously, you can't know this, but do you feel like this is going to be your entire life? Is going to be the life of an author, or are there more things out there that you want to do after your uh, best-selling Jake Jr. Whatever her name is. <laughs> I do think like this is what I want to do. However, there are a lot of things related to writing that I want to do. So I thought about maybe being a screenwriter or um, being like an English professor. Um, yeah, definitely writing is the main focus. Right. So are you are you thinking about college? Obviously, I if have, you're going to be an yeah. English professor. You're gonna you have to be thinking about college. Now yeah. uh, that I, I mean, it's it seems to me like you can't miss getting accepted into any university for an English program if you've already published by that time maybe twenty books. <laughs> yeah, I really hope it's like I'm nervous, but I also think that that's very likely. Wow. Uh, <laughs> um, so did we have a, a, a couple of wise guys in the, in the chat room. One of them wants to know, uh, what is your take on us going to Mars? We should, I actually come to think of it. I feel like that was a book idea I had of people on Mars or no, was it? So I don't want to spoil anything with Biomlock, but I kind of wanted to send the alien invaders to Mars and start kind of having this like planetary warfare go on. Wow. Um, yeah, I think we should try to explore the galaxy. <laughs> well, so, but and and all this stuff uh, it lends. It seems that at least from the writing that I've I've checked out so far, which is uh, obviously not that much, but a lot of it just does uh, lend itself very well towards uh, cinematic approach and, and writing screenplays and any of that. Have you looked into? the uh, techniques of writing a screenplay as opposed to writing a novel? I have. I think they're very different, but there's also both a form of storytelling. So in that way, they're similar. I used to write screenplays a lot more than I do now. However, what um, ended up happening was I wasn't as in practice with writing novels. This was like right before Biomlock for context. And I was writing a ton of screenplays. I actually almost wrote Biomlock as a screenplay. So what happened when I actually started writing um, Biomlock, my first novel, was that I was I wrote it as like kind of as a screenplay, but also in full text. So it was like, this can be seen here. This character can be seen walking over here. But it was also as a novel. So I had to go back and fix all that. Um, but I do kind of now know the difference a little better and am <laughs> more like kind of in practice with writing novels so i should be able to go write screenplays without it interfering with my novels i'm interested in um how your parents deal with this um they, i mean are they are they like i obviously they're very proud but are they bragging about you all the time or, or are they kind of uh full of themselves now look at how great my kid is and your kid is not your kid is not <laughs> They're definitely very, very proud of me. Um, 
they're better at doing my marketing for me when it comes to talking to people. So sometimes, um, you know, I'll be, ta- we'll be talking to someone and, um, I'll be kind of trying to, cause it's like somehow I don't even, a lot of scenarios be like, I should maybe, you know, mention I write books. That might be kind of cool. Or it's to one of my friend's parents and they don't know. And my parents will just mention it for me. They'll be like, oh yeah, by the way, do you know Shanti writes books? I just, I can never manage to mention it to people I don't know. It's really funny because I should. But I'm always like, oh yeah, I write books. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be a, a nobody would believe you on first yeah. take. I mean, first meeting, like, oh, this kid's lying to me. Why, why is he lying? Yeah. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to keep calling you a kid. It's just, uh, it, it's kind of a natural reaction for me to. Uh, <laughs> I'm really blown away, uh, and uh, just really confused about how you manage life at 14 and and be, and being a successful author uh and so it's it's a really interesting uh thing to manage so in the writing process now you a thousand words uh, a day that book that you the first book uh biometric is that what it was called biomlock uh, okay uh now um that how, that's a lot of words that's more than like uh, the standard 80,000 for a novel uh how that took a, a thousand words a day in 80 days or a hundred days or something like that to write um so at first I wasn't actually doing a thousand words but then I got kind of in the groove of it and I was doing a thousand words and sometimes like 2,000 3,000 words um it took I think maybe six months to do the first draft and um, it was 250,000 words long. Wow. <laughs> and and how, how long was the final? Um, so the final is now, it's, I actually split it up into three books. The first one's around 60,000. I think the second one's close to that. And the third one is 90,000. So, like, the third wow. one was, like, the better half, I feel like. Incredible. So the third one's the best book. But the first two are also pretty good. And then the fourth one is just completely new so it needs a lot of work wow wow really incredible so and and so um who's the first person you run this when you when you finish a book your your mentor that your writing mentor is that the first person that yeah and and, uh do they uh this person uh i mean i I feel like i'm could be asking super intrusive questions they're not a relative right no uh they're a fellow author right uh, male or female? A uh, girl. And how old? An adult. I don't know. An adult. Uh, 40-ish? 30-ish? Probably. 40-ish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, it's just funny to me. Uh, because 30 to me is still a kid. <laughs> uh, uh, it's just it's really bizarre. So now, will they give you uh, stylistic advice or just uh, just plot holes and things like that? Uh, mostly just like plot holes and like inconsistencies and then just proofreading. Usually, I, again, I feel like my books are really clean. They do need a couple of passes through to make sure they're good and polished. And even sometimes there are some errors in the published book. Those are scary. I, I get scared when I thought I'll be reading them and just be like, oh, I need to change this. Um, for Biomlock specifically, there was a big problem where the sentences were very long. And that's actually, I think, a big portion of why Biomlock is such a long book is it was very overly detailed. So that was one of the things, like, I had to kind of work on cutting um, all of this stuff down. She helped me with that. Um, but yeah, like, other, other than that, um, the first person, people who get to see my books are, like, sometimes my friends and sometimes my sister. My parents, they have to wait till it's published because I'm mean, so... Well, uh, it would be surprising to me that your friends even read your books because I know if I were 14, if I handed a, a book to one of my friends at 14, it, what are you reading? Who reads books at 14? Uh, it's not, especially if it's not part of homework or, you know, the English, English curriculum in high school or something. Uh, no, we're too busy going to movies, hanging out and all that kind of stuff. So it, I, I guess... Am I just that out of touch? As you gen- are you or kind of more representative of your generation than I imagine, or not? Sort of. I think a lot of people now kind of like to read, but it's also a good portion of kids in my school really don't. So it's kind of like maybe seventy five percent of people don't like to read, and twenty five percent of people do, or more fifty fifty kind of. Right. So are the, <laughs> are your books out on audiobook? 
Um, unfortunately, not yet. I've been working on it. However, they cost a lot of money, and um, I don't know if I could really narrate my audiobooks myself because um, I would have to imitate a lot of voices of my characters, and I'm not confident that I could like capture the characters' voices effectively. Right. Um, but yeah, otherwise, they're just available in paperback, ebook, and hardcover. Right, uh, and and that I, you know that's an interesting point because uh, I think I would probably be less inclined to to really get engaged in the book if by hearing your voice because I would think I it would never be able to leave my mind that wait a minute is this this is a kid <laughs> I'm sorry to keep calling you that but that's what I would be thinking as I was listening to you talking like who's reading this book did they get their kids to do it or something so it would it would be a little disconcerting there but uh I I not I don't think it's really that costly costly to mm-hmm. uh do audiobooks i don't know for a fact but i think you know there are definitely uh voiceover artists who uh are hungry for yeah <laughs> and uh, uh but i do think that's more you know more user friendly for a younger generation that has a shorter st- uh, attention span than the older people who uh who are more likely to read it now is is your age a marketing uh is it a plus in marketing can or do you use it at all to say you know in the marketing of the book that this is by a, a 14 year old prodigy <laughs> i do I, I do say like oh yeah by 14 year old author shanti hurstenson however there are some downsides to it as well because a lot of people will look and they'll be like no you didn't write this this isn't real or um they won't really want to read a book written by a 14 year old because they'll think it's like some really bad thing I wrote for a school project and just published. However, I really try to, you know, enforce the quality of my novels. Um, but I think overall it is a very kind of good thing. I would think so. I, a little yeah, the first thing, first, my first impression is, well, uh, a 14 year old, it's going to be a book for the kids can relate to and blah, blah, blah. And then when I read it, I was like, wow, this writing is really good. Uh, and then I'm like, wow. There's something, this is not your normal 14-year-old kid. <laughs> just, I definitely write for, like, a little higher age than myself. Oh, sometimes. I think a lot higher. I would think yeah. uh, people, you know, I don't want to deter young people from reading it. If you're, a, if you're a teenager or a young 20s, whatever, by all means, read it. But I would think uh, the whole nature of the book and, and, and what the story evolves into it's definitely for somebody who's more mature and more uh, concerned about where the world is going, which is why I thought dystopian stuff is kind of yeah. really heavy for, for Even um, the book I'm working on right now, I'm about 30,000 words into that. I started it like a few weeks ago. Is that ago. a follow-up to this book? Unfortunately not. Um, this was supposed to be a book for like slightly younger readers, like 10 and up. However, it is starting to get very dark, and there are a lot of themes that I don't know if like younger readers are going to understand. So in that way, it's kind of very different um, from what I was actually hoping, but it's also better because I have a little more freedom with it now that I've realized this isn't for younger readers. Yeah. The trend in publishing now is to do series, of course. And because, uh, well, first of all, it's a it's a business decision that keeps people coming back, but it also creates loyalty within your readership and all that stuff. And consumers readers who they want they don't want a story to end and so the question i have for you is when as a writer when you finish your novel uh is there separation anxiety is there uh sadness that oh, i didn't want that to be over i want i want the story to continue in some way how do you know when when it's finished and put it to bed and not carry the story on further Almost always, that's what it's like. I'll finish it and I'll be really sad. And I want to go. I want to go back and I'll just want to keep reading and writing it. However, sometimes there have been some books where I'm just like, "Oh, I'm done. Now it's time for editing." And then publishing, I have like no reaction to finishing it. <coughs> and then some books, it's like, you know, I'll finish it, but I won't really. And this is actually a lot of them. I won't really be as sad because I'll be like, "Well, I got to write a sequel, so I'm coming back." Um, however, then when you actually finish then it really hurts so um the only one that's like there's 
very little chance I'm going to go back to these characters, even though I've actually already been kind of planning to write another book for, and I already wrote, like, the villain of novel to villain origin story, is these books, The Chronicles of Zad Delane. These are, like, 100-page novellas. They would be longer if the text wasn't so small. Um, I gotta change that. And these were some of my favorites to write, and I just kind of sat there listening to sad music once I finished the third book, and I was just... <laughs> I don't want to say depressed, but I was very down and I was just kept thinking about a sequel ever since. However, a sequel involves a lot of planning and I don't want to disrupt the ending it already has. However, I already couldn't resist with Biomlock. I had written a very good ending for it and then decided to write a fourth book. So now, uh, uh, Why does a uh, uh, sequel take more planning? Because it's especially if you're style is uh and your process is more of a being a panther and just kind of uh just starting with a blank page and having an idea of a story but just letting it take you where it takes why why does the sequel necessarily have to take more planning so it's mostly for the chronicles of Zyle delane just because the way book three ends there's a lot that i feel like a little went unanswered with how the ending worked and it's i don't want to say it's a mysterious ending but it's a very complicated ending, and it's very much like, okay, um, not to spoil anything, I have one character, but the characters are in completely different timelines now, right? So I don't know what the proper timeline is for them to go off of, and I don't really know like how I can make them kind of reconnect, or if they reconnect. However, one thing I've been really thinking of doing is actually writing like an epilogue. Um, it's just short, maybe 5,000 or a little short story I can put on my website and cool. to kind of really close it. Cool. Now, uh, are you the boss? Uh, I mean, do you have the final word or any input on the cover designs and all that kind of stuff? Are you fully in charge of that or do you have somebody else kind of making those decisions for you? So I usually make all of the decisions for my cover art. I always um, will be like kind of, the one who receives it, who pays for it, and everything like that. Um, so all those covers were I hired designers for, and then I told them exactly what I wanted, and then they made it. Amazing work here. I mean, the co- <laughs> yeah, I get caught uh, hung up on this because it's a cliche that you can't judge a book by a cover, but everybody does. But these covers are just astonishing, really, really gorgeous pieces of artwork that make you want to pick it up and find uh, find out so i'm just going to scroll through a few of these and and show the audience here now i know a large part of the audience is on the audio side and can't see this but i urge you to go to the website and look at the books page and just look at some of the artwork here uh biome lock uh it's up on top god's right hand which is is this out yet because it says coming soon on the website oh yeah it is out um it should say coming soon not coming soon it should say purchase now on the homepage. i just forgot to update that but right. yeah right uh then chronicles of zeal delaney is that it delane uh, Zyle Delane, yeah. Zyle Delane, okay. Uh, great artwork here. I mean, really, really stunning uh, stuff. Uh, you're, so you coming up with the, the whole idea of this and then translating that to an artist, uh, how is that process? Is that an easy thing to do to kind of get the ideas from your head into the artist's hands? It is and it isn't. Like sometimes I'll have this this really good picture in my head and I won't be able to figure out how to explain it. Um Usually I have um, one really, really good designer right now. I'll just give them the plot of my book and kind of just this little idea and they'll make amazing covers with it. So they did the cover for The Accidental Insurgent and The God's Right Hand and actually a new one for me, which if you li- if you would like, I can try to show you it. Um, I just now posted that, so it's not on my website yet because okay. literally the cover reveal came out yesterday. All right. Let me uh, let me solo you out so it's nice and big here. Okay. All right. And um, this book, for context, is called Never Dying, and it's this another dystopian that's very very dark. Um, but it looks this is the cover. Wow! Wow! Really great stuff. Wow! And so, um, where when how, how does this begin? I mean, do you do what? Is it the same artist every time? Or have you developed a relationship with one artist that you're working with? Um, it varies. I have the same artist for the Biomlock books. I have the same artist for the Zyle books. Actually, I, just because of time constrictions, I designed this one myself. All right. <laughs> um, but usually it's like per genre. I try to have the same designers. So sometimes it's not possible to book one. 
So like all of my the all of my these are like my novellas. They're all designed by the same designer. Um, Biome locks the same, and then um, just a lot of design designers. Like I sometimes can't hire, but right now like all of my newer dystopian novels are all designed by the same company. Um, yeah, these two, and then the one I just showed. Uh, it's, it's so crazy, man. Yeah. So, you, what grade are you in now? Eighth grade. Eighth grade. Uh, so, when you walk into first day uh, of class and you have your English class and your English teacher, do they know about your uh, uh, history of being a published author by the time you start their class? This year, yes. Next year, <clears throat> I don't think so because I'm going to a new school next year for high school. And I don't know even what teacher I have. I don't know any of the English teachers, but um, I am going to be in honors English. That's a little exciting. I've never I, yeah, taken- I would yeah. have to think it had, you know, <laughs> first of all, I'm a podcaster and I'm a little intimidated about uh, of talking to you about this. Like, it's like, wait a minute. I don't want talking to people 50 years younger than me who are more successful than me or, or <laughs> smarter than me. <laughs> but I could be, uh, I could see it would be like really, really intimidating to have to be your teacher, uh, an English teacher, especially. I mean, I could see math teacher and science. Okay. This kid's just a, <laughs> an English major. Not a problem. I, I still have something. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I, it's got to be pretty intimidating for an English teacher to, to have you for a student. No, <laughs> got to tell you, the only like unsupportive teacher I ever had was my seventh grade math teacher. <laughs> the only one who um, didn't like me for my books, which is a little <laughs> ironic. <laughs> yeah, very, very strange. Uh, so, um, now moving forward uh this is this is what uh, your plan for your life i know you mentioned english teacher and, and may possibly get involved in some cinema stuff uh and uh, if i'm asking two personal questions you can just say no we don't i just want to talk about the book but do you plan on fa- having a family and, and all that kind of stuff when you get older i do i just have to manage because i really want to have kids but i have to manage having kids with um books however i think having like children are very good like book um inspiration they're very interesting so it's like honestly anything can be inspiration for a book um but yeah right right. now i'm more kind of hung up on like where should i live and i'm like trying to figure out where like the best places to live that could like to write and live kind of it's very interesting what state are you are you in california is that where you are yeah yeah uh, I, well, California is the place you gotta be to be, especially if you have aspirations of writing for film in, or, or being part of that. And I don't know. I don't know. Don't take my advice on that. I'm just, it feels like the, the place to be, but I don't know. I don't know anything. What, uh, so for a guy like me, I started writing my first book when you were in sixth grade as well. <laughs> uh, I've been working on two, one for like seven years and one for about two years now. What kind of advice would you have for an old guy like me who's just get gets stuck? I think stop like thinking. I feel like the main reason people get stuck is either they think like they're not good enough or they have no ideas. Right. And a lot of people like the outlining. It just doesn't work for them. Honestly, it doesn't really work for me either. So my goal is whenever you think of an idea you want to use later on, write it down. It helps in some way to have at least a little idea of what you're going to write. And then you just sit down and write every single day. If you can only write 100 words per day, that's fine. If you can write 500, that's good. I like to write 1,000 words every day, of course. And then in a few months, if you just keep it up, you'll have a completed manuscript. It's like it doesn't have to be your best. It doesn't have to be perfect. You can always edit it. But just important to get those words out and to keep going and to not like worry about the manuscript. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. And now um, the idea of what I want to write is not uh, not a challenge for me because, again, I'm not writing fiction. So when you're writing nonfiction, basically you know what you're writing. It's the idea of feeling like it's not good enough and I got to rewrite it and rewrite it and go over that. And, and sometimes I've gone three chapters in and – thrown it all out and started from uh the beginning again and and it's happened more than once so that whole idea i mean so when you're ready to show it to somebody else you have no insecurities i i guess by now but with your first book were were there any insecurities like i'm a i'm kind of 
don't want to show this to anybody. I don't feel hundred percent. I used to ask my parents very repetitively, am I a good writer? Am I a good writer? And I wouldn't show it to them. So they really had no way of knowing. Um, and actually at first I was so scared. I didn't even tell them <laughs> that I was writing a novel. I just sat down one day and started writing it. And a few weeks later, I was like, oh, yeah, you guys, I forgot, I'm writing a book now. And they're like, oh, how far along are you? And I was like, oh, yeah, like 20,000 words. And they're like, what? <laughs> um, and still, I don't think I really let them read any more than maybe the prologue. And eventually, of course, they got to read parts of it and um, then the whole thing. But that was only after it was published. And that would have only have been the first book. Okay, tell me about this now. <laughs> when you When you let them read the book. Hmm. Did you sit there and, and like wait for a response, or did you walk? Did you leave the room and just leave them with the? How how does that go? Well, I ran away and hid. I don't know why I did. I'm always just scared, or they're gonna like be confused by something and ask a question. I'm gonna have to explain what I wrote. Um, I just ran to my room. Um, usually it's like um, they'll you know just be reading them and they'll be like, oh yeah, I'm reading it, and I'll be like, oh, what part are you on? And every time, especially with my dad. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm on this part. I was like, oh, yeah, that's my favorite part. I say that for every part of the book because I don't know what else to say. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, wow. It, it, uh, now, uh, at your age, you're probably very um, savvy in the um, social media world and, and creating a community for all uh, of of fans and and, and um, maintaining a community of fans. Uh, how's that work for you? Are you on all the social media? Um, I am, especially on TikTok. I have significantly more followers on TikTok than I do on any other um, one of my platforms. And that's where I post and try to inspire other young writers to just write their books. And I try to give tips. And I also post a fair amount about my books and every so often about my cats. Speaking of which, he is in here somewhere, and I don't know where, but uh, there should be a cat in here. Usually, a cat's want to be on television, and they will they will jump yes. up and, and try to make themselves uh, known. Uh, so the so it's like a vlog that you do on TikTok. It's like a short vignette, uh, like this is today's daily inspiration or tip or, or that kind of stuff. Sort of. Um, usually, I follow just I create I've created my own like video format, though it's very typical. Where I'll be like, I'm 14 years old and I've written a book. And I'll try to show like images that represent the book. Or I'll introduce the main characters in a video. Um, usually when I do tips, I get requests from people. So I'll be like, how to write a book. Or something. I actually did that. And there's like, like music playing. And I'll be kind of sharing tips and everything. And that genuinely helps people. Of course, the biggest question I get asked is how to stay motivated. And I've done a ton of videos on. And I still plan to do it because motivation is probably the hardest thing for young people and adults really well and motivation I, I, i'm surprised to hear that uh maybe we're motivation to actually do the work but the ideas never stop the uh, they want it's just i want a thousand words today i definitely want a thousand words today but i don't want to sit down and write it 100 percent. Right? Yeah. even i will get like that sometimes where i will be like I don't want to write today. I don't know what to write, but like I'll know exactly what I need to write. I just won't want to. I still will. All right. I'll just, uh, yeah. Have uh, Have you gotten a lot in the ways of like fan, like fan response, like fan letters, fan community response to you, and like you know reviews, but more than reviews, I'm thinking more <laughs> like fans who want want to reach out to you and and tell you how much they are, really like your work and all that kind of stuff. That does happen a lot, especially on, I'll get a bunch of Instagram DMs or I'll have people comment on my videos and be like, oh my gosh, I read your book. It was so good. And um, there are a lot of people, you know, that'll like comment about specific characters and be like, oh my goodness, I love this character. However, um, by far, my most popular book is this book right here. You won't know her name. And this is technically a nonfiction book. It's kind of, it's really dark and sad. So for people to have favorite characters from those books is a little unlikely, yeah. but I still think it's a very good book. So well, I'm sure it is. I, I yeah. mean, uh, you, again, I'm super impressed by what I've read in it and the fact that um, 
you know, even some of my favorite authors can be a little slow to to get you involved in a in a novel. Your writing, from what I see, is uh, right from the jump. I'm like, okay, I'm in. Uh, I I bought in. Like, I, and now it needs to be finished. Once once you read the first sentence, you're hooked until until the end. Which, and it's a little depressing to find out that I don't I don't have the rest of the book in front of me. Uh, so. Uh, really, uh, super imp- again. Impressed is not is not a strong enough word, and I don't know what is a strong enough word. Um, so, um, with with all that that, that part of uh, creating a fan base and they, you know, having some people uh, to kind of giving you really strong. What is the most rewarding thing for you at out of this? Is, is it is it Doing the work and completing the work and finishing the story and getting it out of your soul, getting it out of your mind, whatever that means, or is there an external reward that comes back that is more fulfilling for you? So I usually think of two things. The first one is very obvious because I always remember where I started with this, where I didn't even really like think I was going to publish books. I just wanted to have a printed book that like I had written. So obviously, the first thing I think of is being able to hold these printed books it's so cool um especially with this one most rewarding one i can't even hold it it's very heavy i know it's so big (laughs) yeah and then yeah the second one is like everything that comes after so interviews book signings just all of that right well that's very cool uh book signings you've you've done done your share of those book signings Actually, I'm doing my first one. It's a virtual book signing. I have a real in-person one scheduled for June, but um, my first book signing is it's a virtual event and it's on Friday. And I got to tell you, I have, I'm supposed to have a script and I don't have it yet because I've been working on my novels and I forgot to write it. I will. I will. I'll get it done. But yes, yeah, like I'm super nervous. So, what do you need a script for? I mean, you have to give a little speech before you do the book signing. Is that the deal? Yeah. Ah, uh, you don't seem to me like somebody who needs a script. You could just talk to me hard and just uh, just show, I did, show your personality. Yeah. I um, before I didn't even write. It, I just recorded myself talking about my books for ten minutes, and it worked somewhat. Right, yeah, yeah. But a lot of it, I feel like, could be kind of changed if that makes sense. So, talk to me about because you do some public speaking besides all the stuff you do, like an open mic type of uh, one woman show. Is, is am I putting that in the right context with one woman show? Uh, basically, uh. A reading of your own work? Is it, is it poetry? Is that what you do? I um, do go to open mic nights where I'll read my poems. Usually I read either, depending on if I've been to that venue before, I always have like my go-to poems. So I'm starting to write so many that it's now I just got to pick one. I got to start practicing it and memorize it. But there's like two that I usually like always do together. Or sometimes I do them separately. Like they don't go together. All right. So these are like at coffee houses, not at like places that sell alcohol, right? Because you couldn't even get into yeah. an open mic night. If... Yeah. <laughs> For another seven years. Oh, my God. Which is one third of your life now. Well, half of your life. Um... <laughs> it's, it's so bizarre, man. Well, I wish you great success. And you're you're like such an inspiration to me and people people all over the world so i i wish you continued success uh and so i your website is in the uh, description it's going across and it's uh, they can click on it in the description it's just your name.com uh and so i mean any final parting thoughts uh, for me or 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 the, or the audience tonight about uh we, the current book i'll show the current book again but uh it's called the god's right hand uh, it's a dystopian novel. Character looks um, Asian, yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, any uh, fi- final thoughts on on tonight's uh, conversation? Uh, thank you so much for having me. And, oh, yeah, um, By the God's Right Hand, it's a, it's a really good book. I find you say so myself. Um, it's probably up there as one of the favorite, like one of my favorites um, out of all the ones I've written. However, there's like one that's hopefully going to be my next release. That's like 
the best book I've ever written. However, I say that about every book I write. So wow, <laughs> very cool stuff. Uh, again, I don't know what the word I'm I'm going to be searching for, but I'm going to be talking about this interview probably for a couple of weeks on on my morning program, just uh, urging people to come back and, and watch it. Uh, I do hope people will read the book. Uh, it is available now. Uh, go to the website and you can order. It. Well, there's a link to order it directly from Amazon from right there. Right. So. Uh, Anyway, it's been a pleasure to get to know you. You are an inspiration to me. I'm wishing you great stuff. And please uh, consider coming back on you when you write your next book, your next okay. great book after this one. So it's been a pleasure to get to know you. Thanks for coming. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye, Bye for now. Shanti Hershenson, folks. Uh, what can I say? Uh, not much. I- I'm blown away. I am blown away. Uh, I've-, I've met a lot of impressive people doing interviews like, like this. Um, Attitude, humility, um, discipline, uh, intelligence, all of it, just more than uh, you can imagine. And I just feel so silly trying to keep up with somebody, again, who's not as old as the shirt that I'm wearing. And I feel like, wow, I wish I, wish I had this much of her enthusiasm uh, and uh, talent and uh, just are people like that born to be that way, or it, it, is it inspiration? Is it nurturing? Is it is it uh, heredity? What is it that we we meet somebody who seems to have it all together at such a young age? Good questions. I have no answers. Anyway, that's the program for tonight. I thank you for coming. I appreciate you being here. Love to hear your comments. Info at MindDogTV.com. Info at MindDogTV.com. Uh, tomorrow, George Conway, the king of Grants, New, Mer- New Mexico comedy, will be with me uh, for a very enlightening discussion. Uh, and he will be announcing stuff about his new album he's got coming out and some uh, big shows he's got coming up. So join me then. Till then, I'm Matt Napple from the MindDog TV podcast. Have a great rest of your night. Thanks for coming by for now.
to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.